Welcome to the former Oakland Great Hall of Fame. Brought to you by Chris Martinez, State Farm Insurance. <laughs> like a good neighbor, Chris Martinez is there. For your Congratulations, Congratulations, Chris Martinez. Congratulations, Chris Martinez. Got married. But we're here to celebrate the former Oakland Greatness, Mark David Canna. 2015 to 2021. Starling Javier Marte. I can feel the intenseness because you're so close to your microphone. Uh, it's, uh, it's something new here. July of 2021. You are blowing out your levels a little to bit. To September though. 2021. Well, don't get that far away. <laughs> Sorry, keep going. Jan Gomes. Too cool for a middle name. July of 2021 to September 2021. Wow, he doesn't have a middle name, huh? Yeah, I, I was surprised Starling had a middle name, but uh, mm. Ryan Christensen, 2013 to 2021. Does Ryan Christensen not have a middle name, or you just this, there's he's not famous enough to have enough info I'm on sorry. Wikipedia for him? Ryan Allen Christensen. Yeah, he he looks like an Allen. He's got Allen written all over his fucking face. Yeah, I forgot. I didn't realize he was with the A's like in '98. It's like, wow, this dude was like playing with Giambi back in the day. That's cool. Whoa, really? That's news to me. Remember when we figured out how old Jason Giambi was the last episode and just blew all of our minds? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Anyways, folks, welcome to the Town Tailgate. It's been a few weeks. Oh, is that it? Is yeah, that those are yeah, your, your gift Don't, card. Do they get a free gift card gift to card. Los Trace Amigos? Uh, sure. I was trying to think of the name of that deli in Orinda. It's really bomb. I feel like we can't offer gift cards to places that we don't have any authority to because what if they actually, like, what if just for some reason they won't, but what if for some reason they listen? And they show up to that place. It's like, hey, Julio and Chris from the town tailgate offered me a free gift card. Where's this shit? Whereas, like, if they showed well, up to your parents' place, they would like text you, and you'd be like, I mean, come on, just give. Well, them no, it's gonna happen. We could, we could actually give them one. They'll show up to Casper's, and they'll be like, Oh, we fucking love those guys. We got you. I don't know. I don't know if they have enough clout at Casper's. Anyway, yeah, like Mike Julio said, Casper, welcome to town tailgate. Great friend of mine. Anyways, go on. Welcome to town Take tailgate podcast. That's Julio. I'm Chris. Um, uh, first off-season pod of no second off-season pod of the off-season, um, but this is going to be the first uh, off-season overview pod that we've done. Um, there's been some moves made, um, uh, some signings and a couple trades, um, but um, the main big story is uh, we could be in for a longer off-season than expected, which we will get into that. Right now. We should just get into it now. Yeah. Um, if you have not heard, ladies and gentlemen, um, the um, MLB owners have um, um, uh, put in for a work stoppage. Um, uh, the collective bargaining agreement is expiring this offseason. That needs to be renegotiated with the players union in order to um, resume play. Um, the MLB owners have um, decided to make the first move. They have declared a work stoppage and a strike. Um, they are in the negotiation period right now. They have met a few times so far, and so far nothing even close to an agreement has happened. Uh, Julio, when you found out that the owners um, 
started the strike, what was your first uh, thoughts? No way. Wow. The owners, the ones that did it. Uh, this look, this should go for not just with baseball unions, just any union. Most of the time, about 95% of the time, it's going to be beneficial for the workers when these things happen. Yeah. And, and even if you may think that cool Max Scherzer making $40 million a year, he makes all the money in the world. He said multiple times, cause he's actually one of the lead guys who's a part of the CBA was saying like, I want to make sure the young guys are getting paid. So that being said, yeah, there's, there's no shock. I think we all knew this was happening. Chris, we've been talking about this since the first time we recorded this podcast, like last July. So there's no surprises there. It's just, I don't think there's going to be any indication to like it going into the season. Maybe we lose like the first month or few weeks this season, but I don't think there's going to be anything drastic with it. Do you? Uh, I mean, I think my main question was, were you surprised that it was the owners that, that began the strike no, no, as not opposed at all. to the players? It sounds like they're trying to make the first move and trying to get out in front of the public eye. But, I mean, I think the public is just so, like, obviously knows that they're full of shit where it, I, don't, I don't see how that would be a good move. Um, Max Scherzer is an association rep. He's one of the key people in the association, as along with Elvis Andrews, the Oakland A's own Elvis Andrews, Andrew Miller, and Daniel Murphy. So, for those of you... I made yeah. the joke so when, when 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 Scherzer says something in the public, it means something because it means it, it 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 reflects what the players union um, is thinking. What were you saying? I made the joke. I was on a, a Twitter Spaces with uh, Locked On Angels. I can't wish I could remember that host's name. And then with John from Super Halo Bros. And uh, yeah. I was just joking, like imagine having to negotiate and Max Scherzer's across the table from you. Dead ass, looking staring with a down. blue eye and a and a brown eye. Yeah, like don't think that's <laughs> it's intimidating. Yeah, it's gonna be intimidating. Uh, no, I mean we 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 knew that there was gonna be a strike. We knew there was gonna be a work stoppage. The question is how long is this work work stoppage gonna be? The the interesting thing about it was like free agency really started to kind of kick off for about a week. We had a few big signings, which we'll get into um, in a little bit, um, and then instantly just boom, stop, strike. Um, because you, you can't negotiate during a strike. So there's a lot of people who are currently out of work. Um, you know, Max Scherzer was very, obviously, very um, strategic. He signed his deal before the strike happened. But I don't know. I, I Look, I there's a lot of work that needs to be done with this league. Um, there's a reason why it's the third most popular. You could, I mean, it's no the fourth most popular sport i would say college football is bigger than than baseball these days and um it's probably at the same almost the same level as hockey because like i feel like hockey is kind of a hipster sport these days too um but there's a lot of work that needs to be done their popularity has completely gone just plummeted in the past 10 years um it's especially among young people but that's a different reason you know that's major league baseball not doing um much to try and grow the sport and in inner city. Um, but I mean, the pace of the play, I guess you, there's, there's, there's a handful of issues. And, and I think the players have a lot of, um, good ways to solve that, but, um, it just, it really needs to be a part of, you know, they really need to think hard about these negotiations. You know, I, I could 
go on and on and on about things that could help it. I mean, a playoff expansion would probably help a lot. Universal DH would probably help a lot, get a more hitter-friendly league um, for National League, too. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. This one could be a long one, folks. Now, two of the main things that have been kind of been the cogs in this whole negotiation process is they're trying to reduce the eligible arbitration years for players. Case in point, so right now, after your third year in the majors, you are eligible for arbitration, uh, which means you're pretty much at the point like, hey, I like to have my contract reevaluated for the remaining years of my contract kind of thing. And you go you go against it, you win or lose it. Um, they're trying to reduce it from three years to two years. And owners are really fighting, sticking hard to no, that's not going to happen. Another big thing that's been going on that Max Scherzer was saying during his interview was that like the competition imbalance in baseball is just getting out of hand. In other words, John Fisher, you shouldn't be spending $40 million on your payroll when it comes to opening day. And that's why one of the big things that are has been trying to fight is just a spending minimum. We've talked about that over it's the a, summer it's as a, well. It's a, it's, a cap, it's a cap floor. They want a salary yes. cap floor, not a salary cap ceiling but a salary cap floor yes because otherwise you get you get taxed up the ass the owner the organization gets taxed up the ass um if they don't spend the minimum amount which is you know the rumor is around 100 million dollars is what they're aiming for so this just kind of leads up to like a question i've kind of wanted to ask you from the get-go and kind of why we have this at the leadoff position in terms of you know talking baseball how does this affect the ace what do you think is going to come out of it that'll be could be beneficial for the A's that could hurt them like off the top of your head. Well, I, I mean, I think, I think it's, it was very strategic of them not to trade Chapman, Olsen, Manaya, Bassett, any of those guys yet. It was pretty obvious because they want to see how these negotiations pan out because if there is a, um, a cap floor, if there is a salary floor, then those guys are extremely valuable now because then you can extend these contracts in order to hit that floor. Um, they're pretty far out of that floor right now. They'd have to spend quite a bit of money in order to get that. So knowing the Oakland A's, they're not going to be very desirable to free agents. I mean, that's just kind of like common sense because of the way that they, they just the rumors around the way they treat their players around the league. But, you know, they they could definitely convince people like Matt Olson, who's said that he wants to stay in Oakland. Um, to sign a six-year, you know, hundred million dollar contract or something like that, it gets them up twenty million dollars more on their yearly salary. You know, they could extend Sean Murphy to like an early extension. You know, it just there, there's moves to be made. Um, if they had traded it before, they could they could have been just really fucked with just standing there with nothing but their dick in their hand. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's just it it it's it's very telling. Um it's going to completely change everything that their front office does. So it's going to be for the better for, for ACE fans out there. I'm not promising the world, but it will be a little bit better because we might see guys like, for example, like I just talked about Matt Olson, who might stay for a little bit longer than their rookie contract because they have to spend the money. Like it's just the rule. Um, one, one thing that I, um, I found really interesting on what you just said was uh uh oh my god I'm totally blanking you got it buddy come on we believe in you you go ahead I'll I'll, I'll think of it after uh, it's kind of a it is kind of a bummer 
in a way that there's some guys that like, you know, we would have loved, especially seeing like Canna's and Marte's deals. Um, yeah. If that salary minimum would have kind of become a thing or the, the floor, both those guys were pretty like achievable in terms Affordable. of getting them paid formidable payments. Now there's going to yeah. be some, there will be some options that are still available that would make sense at a decent price range. If that becomes the new norm that you can fill out a roster with. So case in point, um, you know, world series hero. Oh my God. I just had his name in front of me. Jorge Soler. Yeah. Like that could be somebody that hey, he's going to get a big deal though. I don't know. I mean, maybe if they have to spend the money, maybe it's intriguing enough. Yeah, Andrew McCutcheon, you know, yeah. former MVP, Tommy Pham. There's definitely some serviceable guys that you can plug and play and give them, you know, two years, 20 million or something like that. If you got to hit that bar. So who knows? Who knows? I think we were all a little pessimistic uh, before this like deadline. And I think going into it, I don't think our opinions have really grown any more optimistic, but at least we can see there's like a tiny blip of light. There's a little blip of light like, hey, maybe things aren't going to get blown up. And plus, and if it does, at least it's not going to get blown up until after the holidays. Yeah. yeah I think it, I my Christmas was... more than Christmas Eve seeing Madison getting traded to the Padres. Yeah, that would fucking blow. Um, I remember what I was going to say. So you, you know, the, the arbitration thing that you were talking about. I don't like. I don't get why arbitration exists. Like, wh- like this is the fucking stupidest process when it comes to um, professional baseball negotiations. Like, I love what the NBA does. You know, you have a rookie contract. You're at a set scale, and then going into your final season of your rookie contract, if you hit certain milestones, you get a max deal. You get the super max. You know, the Donovan Mitchell like hundred. $120 million four-year Supermax. And you either sign them to that extension and the player has the option to either stay with that team and sign that extension or risk it, live out the the last year in your rookie contract, and then hit free agency. It's pretty risky. A lot of players don't do that because it's like, oh, you're giving me $120 to $150 million. I kind of have to take this. Um, but it, it would... I think it would further incentivize one teams to pay more to pay uh to pay players more because like for example Maddelson hits his rookie his rookie contracts up after 2023. So um you know let's say the team is like somewhat good and they and they see it and they're like oh we have this asset in Matt Olson like we should re- we should sign him to the Supermax and extend him. You know, you never you don't know what the team's going to look like after that. So you could like you could get some pieces and kind of like make a run. I don't know. It's just like, I I really like the NBA system. I don't understand why major league baseball has a system they have. And like, they're paying these rookies, like obviously after arbitration and bonuses, they're, they're getting paid a little bit more, but like their base salary is like 500 grand for the season. Like that's fucking insane to me. A lot of those players don't get that much money. Like, like Matt Chapman's base salary last year was 500 grand, but then he went to arbitration. He won. So he made like, I don't know, like $8 million or something like that. It's, I'm, I'm spitballing here. So if you're listening and you're like, no, he fucking made this much money. Like, I'm sorry. I don't have those numbers in front of me. But you get what I'm saying. Yeah, you nerds. Yeah. So who knows? We're, we're in for a long off offseason. Um, all I'm going to say is I think these next couple of podcasts are going to be pretty interesting. Like, what the hell are we going to talk about? If there's Look, offseason baseball talk is already hard enough. What the hell are yeah. we going to talk about if there's no player movement going on? Um 
maybe like oh what's your i don't even your know favorite we'll just have to christmas on the history pun. Of the A's. yeah you were just gonna hand here and drink and just talk folks all right mm-hmm. that's all you got anything else on this cba i think that's all i have really it's just gonna be a long frustrating process the one actually the one thing i'm curious we'll try about, to we'll try to keep you up to date as much as possible with the knowledge that we have but like right now it's very in limbo the one thing i am curious about is the guys who didn't sign so like Carlos Correa, Freddie Freeman, uh, Clayton Kershaw, just a few guys thought that. Yeah. Head, yeah. Will not signing beforehand benefit them? That's gonna be what I'm the most curious about. It's like, okay, will that actually make a difference in the end? That's a that's a good point, but I don't know. The guys that I saw that signed, Javi Baez is kind of the only like youngster that I can that I uh, that like really jumps off the screen and he's not that young anymore 28 maybe 29 which is wild to think like damn he yeah. was a kid when they won that world series freddie's good freddie you know he's he he's money wise he's fine he's he's okay he's uh he's he's you know he's won arbitration several times he's mvp candidate multiple times this is his third contract anyway it's not his rookie contract yeah so this um, is probably his last big one yeah and then um Kershaw's good. He's already made a fuck ton of money. And who was the other one you said? Correa. It's going to be Correa. Yankees or Oh, Astros. Correa is interesting because he is coming off his rookie deal. Even and though they were saying... hurt quite a bit. The last report before things shut down was like the other rumor teams interested were the Braves and the Dodgers. Which would have been... Yeah, but the Dodgers just signed Chris Taylor, so... Yeah, I, that... I think that's all fluff. I think he, I, think I think they I think they kind of have the plan to put him at shortstop since they let Seager go. Trey Turner. He's just gonna slide over it, and then Lux will become the full time second. Who base. would you rather have at second? Oh, oh yeah, put Chris Taylor back out in the outfield. And then, yeah. but then that rumor is like Freddie Freeman. It was supposedly talking with the Dodgers, so then you would just slide Max Muncie over at second. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. Uh, no, well, not not if there's a universal DH. Even though Max Muncy's a hell underrated defender, though. No, he is. He is. Don't get me wrong. So I mean, then you kind—I guess you can rotate those guys, give give him rest every once in a while. But he would probably be the main DH. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot to think about. A lot of speculation. Um, all right. Uh, we're gonna talk about one quick thing, and then uh, we'll have a break, and then we'll um do some free agency talk. Um, the manager search has begun for the A's. Um. Uh, they have interviewed um, a handful of candidates. Um, uh, wow. Totally, I have the link I, in front totally of me. Uh, this is according to... Mark Cotte is one of them, sorry, but <laughs> keep going. Uh, Brett, uh, Britt Grillo, who she is an MLB writer for The Athletic. Uh, yeah. So in-house, we have Mark Cotte, Marcus Jensen, who is the A's bullpen coach, and then... <sighs> Darren Bush. Um, outside of that, we also have uh, Matt Quattaro. He is the uh, third base coach for the Tampa Bay Rays. Is he third base? Or is... Yeah. Yeah, he's a coach in the Tampa Bay Rays organization. Uh, Joe Espada. He is currently a coach. Espada. Yeah, Espada. That's a cool name. I for like that. Espada. Uh, he's currently a coach with the Astros. And then uh, we also have probably the... The most intriguing person, uh, Will Venable. You might remember him. He played with the Padres, Rangers, Dodgers, 
And then over the last few years, he was coaching over with the Cubs as well as the Red Sox. Uh, I, I think that when I sent this link to you, your very first response was, where's Ron Washington? Yeah, I don't understand that at all. Like, if you're Billy Bean, why why not at least just give him an interview? Like, what the fuck? There's, it's, this pro, This is the weirdest managerial process I've seen. Not because it's just the A's doing it, but the Mets are also doing it. The Mets still haven't hired a manager. Yeah. I've never yeah. seen a team this far into the offseason not going into it with a manager. I think there was something like that happened in basketball, but that was also during like the shortened season with COVID. I forgot who was the one. Yeah. I think Doc Rivers yeah. was like the one who went like super late into signing with Philly. Well, he was. Oh, that's right. He did sign, huh? Um, he was traded to to the Clippers. Okay, keep going. Sorry. But yeah, it's yeah, it's super interesting. I Will Venables is the most intriguing to me because it sounds like this guy just really kind of blew up in terms of like the, the prospect of being a coach from being an organization for a few years to potentially interviewing for a managerial position. He must be heavily involved in the analytics of that franchise. That's probably why. And we all know David Force and Billy Bean love, you know, the numbers guys. And um, Ron Washington must be very anti sabermetrics and analytics that's the only thing i can think of the reason why they wouldn't even because he's a fan favorite and you don't like if if you're going into a rebuild who really cares who your manager is because if he doesn't do well which he's not going to you have every reason to fire him in two years so like why not give him a shot since he's a fan favorite that's i don't understand that but this is kind of what i said last podcast about the managerial search or two podcasts ago this is mark Kotze's job I feel like to to lose. Like all signs are pointing that he's going to be the next manager. The only thing I would, the only reason I would think that Ron Washington wouldn't want this job is I don't think he just wants to be a manager. It's just like, dude, I've I just won a World Series. I got this super dope young core that I'm helping coach up in in Atlanta. He obviously loves those guys so. and they love him. So he's got a really cushy job. So it makes like if he's always kind of claimed that he wants to be a manager again, though. And all reports from from people like Jeff Passan kind of say that he does, too. But he wasn't even mentioned for the match job either. So that's why I'm like really confused. I mean, yeah, that's weird. I don't know. All I know is I um, let's let's rate them. Who would you? be who would be your top option who would be like your bottom option and i think we both know who both of our bottom options gonna be yeah darren bush is the bottom option yeah. i can't even believe he got an interview that's then i don't know what the fuck they're doing over there um my number one option i mean i i like marcotte i think he'd be perfect he's just gonna be bowmel 2.0 you know which is great works for me the clubhouse likes him he's a he's a you know, kind of grew up managerial wise throughout the organization. So, I, yeah, I think he's the guy. The only reason why he um, stopped being the bench coach a few years ago and then moved to third base was because some he had some issue with his daughter or something like that, had, or his wife had some like disease. I can't remember. That's right. Cancer. I don't know if it's cancer or not, but he had to step away for a little bit. So. Yeah, otherwise he 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 would have been the bench coach the past few years and probably would have got a managerial interview job somewhere. I'd go Chip Hale would have been nice to see in there though. I'm surprised I didn't interview him. I think he well yeah, he's coaching over at U of A. 
right? That's right. Yeah. He just took that job. That's right. Yeah. That's right, because the, the, the old U of A coach retired. I forgot about that, so he took that job. Good for him. That's a great program. That's the cream of the crop baseball-wise for the Pac-12. Well, that and Oregon State. Uh, I was surprised that Matt Williams wasn't mentioned at all. I remember we talked about him a few months ago that he was like, go this contract in Korea. And I was like, yeah. oh, maybe he might get another chance, but I guess not. Uh, I'd go, yeah, Mark Kate would probably be like the easiest transition. Um, yeah. Will it be the most successful? I don't know, but who knows with any of these guys. Uh, I really actually, reading a little bit more about Matt Quattaro, not not your name, but like the guy was in Tampa for the last few years. He's been sitting the bench coach. If there's anybody who knows analytics better than anybody, it's that organization. So it seems like mm. that's going to be pretty another easy transition. Um, the Will Venable one really surprises me too. The fact that like nothing has really been mentioned about this guy. He's only been doing this for a couple of years. There's got to be something to it. Yeah, I didn't even recognize his name. I had to like look him up. Uh, I pretty sure is he old enough to be in. I was like, I felt like that was a name I saw in MVP baseball years ago, but no. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, Joe Espada, just because he was in Houston. He's probably learned a lot. But yeah. Uh, and then Marcus. Marcus Gent- It's Marcus is interesting. I think that if this was the end of last season, if this was going down, he'd be much higher. But just kind of, I don't know if this bullpen fiasco this past year was his fault or just the lack of talent and the arms falling apart. And it's, it kind of reminds me of what the Raiders are going through with kind of like Mike Mayock. Like, oh, well, were you the one drafting these guys or was that Gruden? Okay, well, if that was Gruden, you're going to get one more shot kind of thing. So, mm. but yeah, Darren Bush, just God awful. I just want to bring no. up, I forgot who said it on Twitter. They're like, if Darren Bush gets hired as a manager, I'm going to walk into the ocean with pocket full of bricks. Which that, was, that had me rolling, dude. And Yeah, yeah shout and, out to whoever that was on Twitter. That was hilarious. Yeah, uh, and... That was out of this world analogy, but we'll see. Hopefully, by the next time we record, we'll have this kind have of some kind of answer. Some kind of answer. Work on trying to get them on, but probably not. Um, but before we go to break, there's <laughs> actually a couple little mini things I want to bring about the stadium situation. And there's a couple. Yeah. I don't know if I had a chance to share this to you yet, but um, no, you didn't. But go ahead. Dave Cavill was on a, a the. Uh, A's access po- all, all access podcast mm-hmm. and he was pretty much saying that the next step in the negotiation with the city is that they're moving into getting a not a, to getting a binding agreement signed and pretty much what that means is if you sign a binding agreement that's pretty much like yep you can't break it this is set in stone kind of thing and that their goal was to get it done by the end of the year, but just how the way things fell, it didn't go out that way. And so does that mean like you could still negotiate the terms, but you're you're in agreement like this is happening, like either way, if we don't agree on and, something, and like, he have said to make this work. That uh, their the goal is to get it done the first quarter of next year. On yeah. top of that, there was it's also reasonable. Yeah. There on top of that, there's also a uh, audio clip that was going around from the can, can i say real quick before you do that yeah. it, it just because it's this relates to what you just said it's reasonable in an election year as well yes yeah yes this is getting great, way more political great, than we thought it was going to be yeah great negotiation tactic by him to obviously he wanted to make it work end of last year but 
to make it happen at the beginning of an election year so that there's still time that if if this if city council fucks this up I shouldn't say it that, that way because the A's are not playing fair game either. But if the city council doesn't make this work, you know, they're going to have to respond to their constituents come November when the election's online. Go ahead. The other thing that there's a clip with the mayor of Vegas where uh, it was like a, a Bloomberg, like a podcast where they're just talking about the state of of sports and stadiums and all that where she pretty much said she's like i don't want the a's to leave oakland like almost word for word saying like i don't want them to leave like pretty much saying like yeah we're we don't want a baseball team here yeah i'll have to find the clip and send it to at some point which is like i think the biggest thing that's happening over the last couple months is the tone the kind that the like narrative a lot of these this stadium discussion has started to change a lot. And of course, we're going to see all these, you know, Debbie Downers, all these pessimistic people, all the SF media quotation marks kind of shooting it down. But the people who are doing their research, you know, again, always shout out forever, Casey Pratt. Like those guys are, they're Mm -hmm. kind of going through the mud and all the bullshit and they're finding the right information to show like this is getting a lot more traction than people think it's happening. Yeah, um... I want to touch on that real quick, but I also want to say, uh, first, uh, uh, oh my God, why I keep blanking today? Um, uh, yeah, I think it's pretty clear that that um, it's it's becoming more and more obvious the more and more we hear about it that this is clearly Major League Baseball's way of um, doing research for an expansion. Um, an expand to expand the league but but expansion in in that city it's not it's not relocation research it's just getting the a's to do to do the work for them so that if when they do expand to 32 teams um they have um the the information and the numbers on what it would be like um in las vegas um yeah casey pratt um and marcus thompson absolutely killing the game um i i'm a little to be honest with you i have a little bit of a bone to pick with um Danny Vietti recently of uh, CBS Sports because um, he's a local guy. Um, he's from the Bay Area, so you think he would cover that very similar, where he wouldn't just um, report and tweet the negative stuff. But all he's been doing lately, when it comes to the stadium stuff, is tweeting negative stuff. Clearly, he's trying to get some clicks or something like that. I don't know what it is. Obviously, that gets a lot of attention on baseball social media, but. Um, obviously the national writers, Jeff Paston's only going to tweet something about that situation when it's negative because it gets, it gets attention. But like to see a local guy do that, I'm, I gotta say, I'm pretty disappointed. Just want to throw that out there in, in, in ink on the internet. And the last thing I gotta say is, uh, I went to Vegas this last weekend. I only lost $70. I left with 200. It came back with 130. So I'm, I'm a 200 cash. Well done. Yeah. So cool. Like I'm, I'm okay with that, but I went to a Raider game. Really fun atmosphere. Uh, it was just a, a really cool experience. That energy was pretty mild, pretty mid for what you think at expectations. Chris, you and I were at the Raider Charger game in LA, and I will tell mm-hmm. you the energy in that, that stadium was, more electric. was like five, yeah. ten times what it was in, in wow. Vegas for a Raiders home game. And yeah. you're seeing a lot of people kind of going at the that 
environment because it's like you want to move another team over there you're not going to get fans you're just going to have all these outtanners which is going to be true and i think a big part of that argument too to go for the raiders is like that team's going to find their identity in the city i think if you give Mm -hmm. them three five years i think the fans will start getting behind them we'll see but i it, it just seems like putting a team in there that's already existed that already has a pretty committed fan base even if they don't show it in the stadium it's just Everything just looks messy. The whole situation looks messy, but honestly, is there any other thing we'd expect out of Major League Baseball than messiness? No. All right. On that note, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll come back. We're going to do um, our three um, best uh, moves of the free agency um, offseason so far and our three worst moves. So stick around. We'll be right back. Okay, we are back um, uh, from the break. Uh, all right, so this segment is going to be, um, again, folks, it's really early. Only, um, I think, like 10 moves, around 10 moves have been made. But we want to talk off season since there's going to be potentially a lot of limbo coming up. So we have, me and Julia have done, we've done three each, three worst, three best uh, moves of the off season. And we're going to go through those, talk about why that is. Um, Julio, should we start with worst so that we end on the best, or should we do the other way around? Sure. Spy- start off spicy. All right. So we'll go worst, best, worst, best. Um, so what's your first worst? Uh, I'm saying it's spicy, and I'm glad I'm drinking my wine for this. Max Scherzer. Oh, wow. I Look. Amazing. I have, that as, I have that so I have that as my best, so we can kind of cover both of those. Right okay, now. so here's my argument for why it's the worst. I do not think a 37-year-old should be getting $43 million a year. That's it. <laughs> I don't care how good you are. That's I don't thing. care as productive of a year he was. That was great. You saw in the last month and a half, two months of the season, his arm just started falling apart. And I don't, and he was kind of blaming it on, oh, it was how Dave Roberts and that organization was kind of how they were pitching me. They would just pull me and not letting me go all the way through. Or maybe you should consider you're 37. And if this was any other team but the Mets, I think I would have been a little bit better. If you had a little more security in that rotation, I think with a little bit of okay with it as well. So like if you were resigned with the Dodgers, I don't think it'd been that big of a deal. If you went to the Padres, I don't think it'd be that big of a deal. But him and DeGrom or DeGrom is the cast couple years has been awesome. But guess what? He's been hurt for majority of those years. And now you're going to be having a 37 year old pitcher who at the end of the season was having a dead arm and, and he's going to be making $43 million a year with another pitcher who over the last couple of years, injuries are starting to catch up to him. And there wouldn't I wouldn't surprise me in these next two years the Mets are just back in this pickle because it's like you put your dependency on there. I think it's a combination of dude is too old to get paid that much, and but if it, it would be a little bit redeemable if he went somewhere that had more of a contingency plan, but like I don't see a plan with this Mets team to do that. So that's I, I'm probably gonna be wrong, and I'm not gonna be shocked I'm wrong, and you can run my face when I am. But you know damn well if I'm right, I'm gonna be running around this room. I mean, vice versa for me. He's been the most consistent pitcher in the last fifteen years. No, not fifteen. Twelve. 
the last 12 years, he's been the most consistent pitcher in baseball. I don't know, like, what, I mean, he has no shown no signs of slowing down. I, I hear what you're saying. It might have been the, the workload is a little bit different, and, and the adjustments are a little different for the last two months season. But in the playoffs, he still looked pretty fucking good. I, I don't know. I mean, nothing about him has shown that he can be anything but a a much above average pitcher. He, in my opinion, should have won the Cy Young this year. We can let's conversation for another day. We'll save that for one of the open. <laughs> open off-season pods that we have nothing to talk about. Um, I like the move because it really gives them just a fucking insane one-two punch for the Mets. And But, I mean, I, I, you could argue the issue for them last year wasn't pitching, but now they're just, like, fucking dominant, where if they just get into the playoffs, they just have such an insane one-two punch up there to have to deal with uh, for other teams like that's just like that's so intimidating that's two of the top five best pitchers in the league like I don't think we've seen anything like that in years I can't think of one off the top of my head except for like Detroit in 2000 2012 around that time when they had Scherzer and Verlander that's the only thing I can that's the only one I can think of like Granky Kershaw that 15 oh Granky Kershaw yeah um even this year with you know, Scherzer and Bueller, they finished one, top three in Cy Young votes. Eh. Um, but no, I see, I see what you mean. Like they have that potential. I love it. And yeah, I just, I love it. And, and like, I think I, it's there. But I'm just, I'm just nervous. Like, dude, Father Time, man. Father Time is undefeated unless your name's Tom Brady. Well, maybe his name is also Max Scherzer. Chris, <laughs> give. Me, one of your worst. Which, by the way, I have a take for why Father Time is creeping up on LeBron James, and I have evidence, but that's a let's talk for off pod. Ooh, um, uh, my worst, um, Byron Buxton. The guy has been the most mm. inconsistent prospect in like the history of baseball. He also is just like, an injury nightmare, and the Twins signed him to a seven year. Like Max Deal, I don't know what the fuck they were thinking with that one. Like they definitely could have got him for a lot cheaper. Like why are they throwing money at this guy? Uh, like, is it just because they need a poster boy to, in order to sell season tickets? Like I am so confused by that entire that entire thing. I, he's he's kind of not really tradable either because that contract is so big. No one's gonna want to take on that in a couple years if it doesn't work out. Like, please, Julio, try to explain this one to me. Um, he's still pretty young. He's 27. If look, I get it. The, the length is scary, especially for somebody who he's, he hasn't played a full career, a full season when he has played, he's been fucking electric. He was so good at points. This, sometimes, he sometimes he's had so some pretty bad seasons, take. but dude, if you break it down, you got seven years, a hundred million. <laughs> Uh, which equals about roughly 14 mil a year. 14 mil for a guy who, if he can stay healthy for a season, is going to hit 30 home runs and still 30 bases. That's a goddamn bargain. That's just like, it's especially high risk, with like kind low, of the prospects that are coming up. So I, I get it. I because think their the team's li- not good, mainly. That's the reason why. It's like high yeah. risk, low reward because their team isn't good. And I think the length is scary. The length is scary that, like, what if by year four, like, 
yeah, his body has completely fallen apart and you're, even though you're not stuck with a $20, $25 million price tag, you're still stuck with $14 million a year for a guy who's going to be playing less than like 80 games. I'm trying to think of guys who it. got who got similar contracts or like kind of like that. And it Marcana. was like, whoa. No, no. Marcana's, or no, no. Just, uh, oh, let me finish. Of, let me finish. Right. Let me finish. I'm trying to think right. of guys in the past who have gotten similar contracts, like super long length. They've been above average. And you're just kind of like, whoa, that's like that's a lot of money for that guy. Kevin Kiermeyer and Alex um, Gordon. Alex Gordon? Alex Gordon. Come to mind. And and the, the difference between with that is those guys were consistently really good w- before they signed those contracts. And they are healthy and they're defensively just just animals. And and you knew that, that what you were going to get out of them every single day. And they've lived up to that. They've been the exact same person that they were when they signed those contracts. So it made sense. Byron Buxton is just like, he's all over the fucking map. What's crazy too is um, oh Vernon Wells that's a good one. Okay. In terms of like guys, like that comp. Uh, I don't remember. I just don't remember that contract, so I can't speak on. He it. signed a fat contract with Toronto, and then Toronto unloaded it on the Angels. And the Angels were just stuck with dead money and injuries with them. Uh, if he finishes six and through ten in MVP votes, he gets an extra three million dollar bonus, um, and then every position higher he gains another mil so he can be if he wins an mvp he gets an eight million dollar payout okay it's not gonna happen but i guess i it just their team's not their team's not i mean i don't know i guess you could say you could argue it's a building block for the future like the alex gordon contract i think came the year before year or two before their world series run so it's like okay cool like they're building for the future um kevin kiermeyer was the same thing like well they weren't good and they were trying to you know they're building up their their farm system and they're like okay when it's kind of towards the middle of his contract this team's going to be good he's going to be a key piece to it but like this i don't really know i just don't know what the fuck the twins are doing i'd have to look at their farm system more closely but like i don't it's just i don't know it just it just came out of left field it was so weird and then seven years like what the shit 100 plus and then he saw his picture and he's like "Ah, my god yeah 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 all funny all right uh, what's what's your first best oh i also love how we've been pulling like a devil's advocate with this we're like we've actually been like eh. um robbie ray i that's a good one too i like that one. I I didn't, it, it didn't make my list but that's a good one i freaking love this signing to death uh guy one guy just won cy young mm-hmm. he just won cy young and now he's going to arguably the hottest team in baseball in terms of like their, their their ceiling where they can go and with the prospects with the money uh they 100 percent can win the west by the way it's the mariners we haven't said that yet yes. he signed with the mariners oh, yeah. they 100 percent can win the west next year and i think he actually signed like a pretty decent deal yeah uh, he's it's five years 115 million so his average salary is going to be around 21 million who a guy who just won a cy young he's he was a workhorse this past year He's is going to be leading this rotation that I, it is going to be pretty was pretty underrated throughout the year. Yeah. Now and they have, need that dog, that leader, and they got it now. Yeah, love it. Play and and pitching in Seattle, you're going to go from more of a hitter a hitters friendly division to the West, where you're going to be pitching in Seattle. You're going to be pitching in Oakland. Um, I think the Mariners. Uh, 
Oh no, there'll be you'll be pitching in. Safe in, No, I'm sorry. He was gonna be pitching in Colorado for whoever the NL rival would be for when they do the mm. the oh my god interleague play. Good talk. Um, but yeah, I love but I love the rotation. Chris Flex was dude, pretty. And dude, they're not done. I don't think they're done no. yet. They're yeah. gonna get somebody else. They're, gonna they're so trying to bring fun. back Yusei Kukuchi, who was an All Star last year. He fell off the second half, but he's got the prospects. Uh, Mark Gonzalez. Uh, people, you can say what you want about him. I, I still really like him. I kind of compare him to like Sean Mania and Logan Gilbert, who was their top prospect for a long time. He had a pretty decent rookie year. You're gonna get another year learning from this guy. Yeah, I I love this deal for Seattle. Um, and there's nothing really bad I can say about it at all. Yeah. Um. All right. Um. Uh, I don't have anything bad either, so I'm not gonna add to it. Uh, my first one is uh, what well, was Scherzer. Um, so I guess we'll move on to uh, worst again, because <laughs> since I, I we talked about Scherzer, the Scherzer deal already. Um, my next or worst, back to would it be one of my worst now, right? Uh, do you want me to go since you just went, or you you can you can do one of your worst? I can I can do this all day. Well, because no, because you went, I went, and then yeah, you did l- Scherzer. L- let me lead this off just in case we're the same. Okay, okay. I don't okay, think we okay. will be, but. Uh, Marcus Marcus Stroman to the Cubs. Um, it, I was thinking that. Yeah. Cubs don't. I the Cubs just don't make any sense to me anymore. I just they punted it's on the season last game. year, and then and then now. I mean, all their moves. Clint Frazier. I guess Clint Frazier makes a little bit of sense, but a one year deal, not really. Um, and Jan Gomes, like, I, are they are they preparing for the salary cap minimum? It, it, it's almost. It almost seems like that's what they're doing. Like it. It. I don't know. It doesn't. It. It. I'm. I was so confused by that. Like I'm confused why Strowman would go there. Like you're gonna go from one shit team to another, like kind of hopeless team. Like wouldn't you want to go to a contender? I don't know. I mean, it doesn't. It makes. It makes zero sense to me. My hot take is he talked himself out of a contract with a better team. I think there was probably a chance that like other teams were willing to line him up, but he was saying some pretty absurd shit on Twitter over the last couple months. And yeah, he's been teams kind of like, crazy. Nope, this dude's a nutcase. We're not going to... He was pretty much like talking shit on the Mets, saying a lot of terrible things about the organization, which, hey, that might be... You might not be wrong, but it's like... um, You don't... Look, you're job interviewing. When you're job interviewing, the first thing you'd talk about in your job interview shouldn't be, oh, yeah, my previous workplace was fucking horrible. Yeah. I hated it. Yeah, no, yeah. idiot. Don't do that. So yeah. I to- 1,000% agree with you. I, I, And it is really questionable. But get your money. Uh, another one of my worst. I am going to go with Avisael Garcia. He went to the Marlins. Yeah, that one, uh, that one almost one made the, my list too. Yeah, there we go. He's been like one of the most underrated kind of outfielders for the last couple of years. He had a really good year at the Brewers last year as kind of their fourth guy. Four years, um, by the way, four-year deal. For the four-year deal. The reason I don't like it is kind of like what you're saying with Stroman. Like, what are you guys doing? Yeah. I thought you, you were had, taking. I thought you were trying to build for like two years, two or three years from now. You had Marte. Yeah. You shipped him. Marte was pretty expressive about, yeah, I'd love to come back to Miami. I want to resign. And you don't resign him. You bring in Arisal Garcia, and you're paying him money that like, 
you know, maybe this could be one of those deals. I think it could backfire in us. And I think he actually could be like a pretty decent guy, but it's just, it's like, it's more of like a confusion, like what's going on. Um, yeah. And then what did the Brewers end up doing? Cool. We lost you. We're going to trade for Hunter Renfro. So now yeah. it's like, they just upgraded you <laughs> like nothing. So it's more of just like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know why you'd make that deal because like what signals are you trying to show your fan base and baseball? That Hunter Renfro one, just real quick, is kind of weird because he was kind of a key part to that Boston team last year. But anyway. And then the Boston got back Jackie Bradley. <laughs> yeah, that's a downgrade. Um, yeah, agreed. Uh, yeah, no, I, I agree. I don't have anything to add. It didn't make any sense to me. Um, the Marte thing worked out, though, because they got Lazardo, but, um, they, but... That's the thing, too. Their, their young arms are so stacked. You yeah. know, the obviously like the novelty of like, hey, there's no such thing as not enough pitching kind of thing. But it's like, why would you get another guy? I don't know. Maybe they think that the, that with the young talent they have, they can compete next year. But in an expanded playoffs, maybe they can't because they did make the playoffs in 2020 with the expanded playoffs. Like I will say, and but, they won, which was hella tight. But they didn't really look very good last year. I I don't know. No. I mean, I just feel like there's like a few more years of development there. I don't I don't get that one either. All right, good one. Um, Kevin Gausman to the Jays. Interesting. It sucks that they lost Robbie Ray. That's a bummer. But I feel like this is the best whoop like loop in there. Um that that that, that replacement that you can get um for the the market that you that you have. It I I wonder if they were going after Gaussman with the um with the um intention to also bring back Robbie Ray to have like a stacked one two punch. That that's so, uh, and it, uh, vice versa with the Giants. I wonder if the Giants re-signed Wood um, with the intention of bringing back Gaussman. I thought so, – I, I, anyway, it doesn't matter. I, but I like that signing for them. And I, I like I, – I, I really like Kevin Gaussman. Um, you know, I said it on this pod. I've said it to my friends who are Giants fans. I don't think he's in, like an, an ace-ace. I think he's just a really good number two starter. Um, but uh, he's been quality for the past – four seasons um i've seen nothing that would make me believe that he can't be that so um yeah i just like the signing for them even though they you know it's funny lost their second that, player which sucks but yeah when they when that deal went through i was like man they've actually got like a pretty solid like rotation going out i was like oh they got galsman they got ryu um alex manila had a really solid rookie year uh, Nate Pearson's coming up the pipeline is like one of their top prospects. I'm like, wait a minute. You, you had the same thing last year with Robbie Ray and what I don't get. I'm just, I'm kind of confused. Like who would you rather have at this point? Would you rather have Galsman or Ray? And you're paying them. Both guys make the same amount of money. Mm-hmm. Both guys are the same age. Um, I think they're both up to this point are at the same career trajectory. I like, I wonder what was the logic of like, why this guy, not the guy you already had there. I, like I said, I think they were going after both, but they just lost Ray. And they still could get another guy. I mean, they could who knows? Maybe they go after Kershaw. Maybe they go after Ooh. I'm totally blanking on other guys, other top pitchers that are available. But there there's still like room to be to be made here. Um I mean the biggest loss is l- losing Marcus Simeon. But I mean we've talked about that before. Bo Bichette's coming back or not Bo Bichette, sorry. Fucking Biggio is coming Great. back. So Kevin that, that changes things up a little bit, and but um, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I like the signing though. So 
All right, what's, yeah. what's another good I one? Too? I don't hate it. Um, it's going to be a little bit of a cheating one, but I'm going okay. to go the Mets outfield. Uh, picking up oh, Marte okay. and Canna. Oh. I, I, I think one of the biggest struggles that's been going on. What that's not cheating. That's a, no, that's good because they, okay. they came from the same place. <laughs> yeah, and they signed at the same time. Yeah. Uh, I think one of the biggest struggles the Mets had last year, which it seems like it's been consistent over the last two, three years, is just they struggle. Their offense just struggles to get started. So you got arguably one of the best leadoff hitters with Marte, mm-hmm. who is like one of the most dynamic guys. And then you got one of the most patient guys and with Canna. And the great thing That's about That's a good one-two punch was, at the top, yeah. Yeah, and the great thing about Canna too is like you can like flex him in that lineup. Like, do you want to have him hit leadoff today? Cool. Do you want to have him hit second? Do you want to have him hit six and kind of be like the leadoff hitter for your third inning kind of thing? Or you can have him hit fifth and like really like break open his power, tell him to start swinging for the fences. Yeah, yeah there he's a really and I wish we had like people who would we knew people who did like a Mets podcast who can be like, hey, like this is an excellent deal that you got both of these guys. Yeah. And I think it's really going to unleash that spark plug. They're going to be the spark plug to help unleash that offense that um, I think Pete Alonso's power numbers are just only going to go up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be super interesting how they're going to be playing Marte and Lindor. Cause they're both, they're pretty similar players. Like they're both pretty fast. They're both very contact heavy, even though I think Lindor's got more power. Um, well, Lindor Very, uh, sits around 30 home runs a season, so I'd imagine he probably hits third. Yeah. Or you tell him, or second, you can even put him second. two. Do you want to get as many at-bats as you want Yeah, for he's, him? he'll probably hit second. Uh, it makes – and then they also picked up a Duato Escobar, another mm-hmm. switch hitter, utility yeah. guy, throwing wherever you want in the infield. Um, this offense just got tremendously better in like two days. And I, and I don't uh, know what I don't know what they're – how defensively they did in the outfield last year, but I would assume it's an improvement. You just got two stud – defenders a former gold yeah, glover and, and a gold glove in a, a gold glove caliber player in 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 uh marcana two can, arms two, all two big arms. outfielders all three outfield positions yeah uh, he hasn't played any infield in a, a while but like he had played first for a short time um, Canna, over yeah. the years yeah, yeah so like yeah i think that's an awesome deal i love both of them there um and i hope marcana gets a lot of really good meals in new york um, all right, my last worst. Um, I, you're gonna disagree with me, but Alex Wood for the Giants. Go on. I, I, I'm kind of. I'm. I want to hear just, why you. I don't just like think it. you. You gotta do better, man. Like that was your issue in that playoff series last year. You pretty much had Logan Webb, and then like. You kind of had some piss poor performances from pitchers in 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 that series. So in theory, you'd want to improve that number four starter. I, 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 I don't know, man. They were they were so good and they came so close. And the clearly the issue was their starting pitching. I'm gonna blow your mind real quick. Who makes more money a year, Alex Wood or Byron Buxton? Oh, is it Alex Wood? Byron Buxton by two mil. Why is that? Why would that? That doesn't blow my mind. I don't know. It just shows you. I. Uh, and didn't didn't they re they resigned what's his face to to, to uh, Anthony Discafani and you were Discafani? we got into like an argument about it. 
Yeah, I just like I don't know. Their pitchers, their their I I their rotation just doesn't do it for me. I don't know. It just doesn't like jump off the screen. It doesn't like impress me at all. And Giants fans are over here deep throwing it the whole time. But like it it besides Logan Webb, it was kind of like mediocre performances in that playoff series. Like I don't I don't know, man. And 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 it, that their rotation really struggled in the last two months of the season too. I don't know, man. I don't know. I yeah I'm um I want them to get a dog dude I want them to get a fucking dog Logan Webb will be a dog but he's just not there yet he's too young you know I, they I need, yeah I they don't need, they need to get a Matt Cain to 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 Logan Webb to the to the Madison Bumgarner which is Logan Webb yeah looking at the remaining guys who are free agents there's nobody oh Carlos Rondon's available which that'll be. I think he's probably like the best available pitcher right now. It's like, and then Kershaw, but Kershaw's. Yeah, I think you're right. We'll see. Maybe there's a trade um, to be made. I don't know. Maybe Logan Webb will make that massive step up next season. Ooh, I got a, a potential. I think it would be really awesome. Third, for the Giants. third season, right? No, four, Logan Webb, it'll be his third season, fourth season? Third season. Third season. There. Um, yeah. Zach Granke. He's falling off quite a bit, dude. I don't know. Giants love old guys, but I, I get they it. They do. It's, they do. We've look. We're we're giant haters. We'll admit it. But at the same time, we like when they're competitive. I think we we enjoy baseball a little bit more when the Giants are competitive. Mm-hmm. And it's it's weird that like, I don't enjoy baseball Twitter when the Giants are competitive because yes, Giants fans agreed. are ignorant and stupid and they don't understand baseball. But it's fine. They're ugly. Anyways. Um, <laughs> We were kind of hoping for like, and we talked about it this whole summer when they're played so well, like the splash is coming. Like they're going to make a deal this off season. They have the money. They got freed up even more money when Buster retired. And it just kind of seems like if the desire was to go get pitching, you missed the train. Yeah. Like you, you should have, should have went for Robbie Ray. Should have went for Corey Kluber. Should have, you should have locked up. Gaussman. Gaussman. Yeah. John Gray, I think, would have been awesome as a as a giant, but who knows? I it's weird. I think this is one that I guess we have to wait and see, but I don't yeah. I don't like it. I don't like that they've been so stagnant. They haven't done anything except for they haven't done anything. So I like there's nothing except for lose their second best pitcher. Arguably the best pitcher last year, so there's nothing I could that that would make me think that they're gonna be as good or better next season. I know, like Giants fans were super like hyped on Marcus Simeon, and they like heard these rumors like, "Oh yeah, we're talking to him. We hope we get him." Well, guess what? He's not. He didn't sign with you, so it's time to nut up or shut up. Are you gonna go in on Chris Bryant or what? Because Every Giants fan I talked to was like, nah, fuck Chris Bryant. Like, he didn't play that well down the stretch last year. Um, we're, we want Marcus Simeon. Well, guess what? You can't get him. So, do you want to get, you want to at least to, like, try to get Chris Bryant back? Or Carlos Correa? You Move think Carlos Correa? Second. You think he'll play, he'll play second? Brandon Crawford's not going to play second. He just want to Brandon Crawford. Yeah, I think he'd be willing to do. I would rather have Correa. I love Crawford at short, but I'd rather have Correa right now for the hmm. future. And just move him over. Hmm. Um, my last worst one. I'm gonna give an honorable mention to Mark Blanson. Did you get why all the your, hell are you, you signing? All, in hold the on. Di- did you say all your best ones? 
No, we have one more best. We each have one more best. Yeah, okay, cool. Sorry, just make sure. Um, Mark honorable mention to Mark Melanson. Why the hell are yeah, you signing for Diamondbacks? Dude, that, what that the hell almost are you made, doing, dude? That was close on my list, too. What the fuck? What do you, like, get you're paid, one of the, sure. You're one of the best closers in the league. You're going to go to the, the one of the shittiest teams in, in, the, in the NL? You could have been way better off in Boston. You could have been way better off with the Giants. Could have been way better off with. Well, he already tried uh, with the Giants and he failed. Members of the Giants fans fucking hate him. That's true. You could have re-signed with the Padres. There's yeah. so many play like why back why to Arizona? If you want to get paid, cool. But like, they're not going to be contending. You know, you might have nice numbers, but it, it's a mess. go back but, to St. Louis. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, but I'm gonna go with uh, another spicy one. Javi Bias to the Tigers. Oh, you you don't like that one. I don't like it. That's my last best. I like that one. <laughs> so, look. The Tigers we said are, they were going to make moves this offseason, and they're doing They did, it. and I, I'm glad they did. Yeah. I was kind of like, I think we were all pretty much like, oh, this Carlos Correa to um, Detroit thing was like a lock deal. And... Like, it's going to happen. He's going to be right at this manager. He's going to be the face of the franchise, all this stuff. And then they went and got Javi, who I've always, look, I've always liked him. I think he's a, he's a really dynamic shortstop. But offensively, you're starting to see how over the last couple of years, like, this dude is so one-dimensional. How, this he, dude is like... The, he can definitely... Hold on. They can definitely still get Carlos Correa because Javi Baez started his career at second base. He can go back to second base. His contract, six years, $140 million. And, like, if it's one to go get paid, go for it. If it's one to go and probably play with, like, one of your idols and Miguel Cabrera, awesome. But I just don't see, like, are they going to be a better team going forward with him? I don't know. I And that division where everything's up to, like, kind of a toss-up, they could make that jump. You're just gonna have a lot of these young guys with like I don't know what's name Spencer Torkelson's gonna be coming up at third one of these days, and you're just gonna have I forgot the other prospects off the top of my head, but you're just gonna have a guy who's kind of like an inconsistent hitter, and you want somebody that they can go in there and learn the game and learn to be that veteran presence because like I don't know how much longer we got Miguel Cabrera playing baseball anymore, mm-hmm. and now you're gonna kind of hand it over to this guy who. Like he's shown, like I don't know how much of a leader he is. I don't know what his offensive game is going to be like. Is this going to be it? Is he can he adapt to being a more well-rounded hitter where he can hit for average, he can get on base, and not just like fuck it, home runs, going for it every time. That's a want to see. And it's like we'll see. I don't know, man. I'm just a little I, pessimistic I, about it. I, I I mean, we we said it like two podcasts ago that like the based on like what we're hearing and the moves that they've kind of made is that they're gonna kind of go for it. I don't think they're done yet, so I think this is a really good core piece of that team that they can kind of help keep building around. And honestly, it kind of it, it it attracts other free agents too. They're like, oh, I got someone to play with now. I have someone to hit in front of me or behind me. Like, oh, this sounds great. Oh, you know, like it. I, 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 and like we said, that, that division fucking sucks. Like they could easily make a move and especially in expanded playoffs as they expanded to eight where the second best team, remember the, it's the top two teams in the division make the playoffs. Like it easily get that second playoff spot. I don't know. I, 
and like Detroit has not had to face their team in years. Like it's Miguel Cabrera, sure, but like often in terms of national, like people forget that Miguel Cabrera is still playing half the time. Like now they have like an actual face of their team. I think that's that's important because that does pay off in the long run because it again attracts the attention of free agents and stuff like that. I don't know. I like it. I'm a fan. Maybe I'm just envious because the A's. Was that your last one? Yeah, that was my last one. So what's your last one? I'm just somehow they always pull it off and they, they're going to be like, Oh great. They figured out Uh, Corey Kluber to the Rays. You Uh, like that one, huh? Yeah. Mm. I think they do a, a pretty solid job of like, cool. Come here for one year. Show that you can still do it. Work with our guys. And we're going to get you a new deal later. Michael Waka got a deal with the Red Sox. Uh, Rich Hill got traded. Then he got a deal with the Red Sox. Uh, they kind of are like this weird like farm system of old guy pitchers. And Corey Kluber had his moments last year with the Yankees. I didn't like the Yankee signing. I thought he would have been better off going to a place that would be a little more... Um, friendly hitter or pitcher friendlier for coming off of like major injuries but he, he threw no hitter he had a few solid starts and i think having that familiarity the division going into the rays who are, are the rays are look better than ever even though they traded joey wendell they're just going to keep getting better with all these guys they re-signed wander franco to like a 10-year deal um I, and i i like it it's a high risk or a low risk high reward kind of deal does he really have nothing left in it? Cool. One year. You're done. Does he have something left? Cool. Well, we have somebody who's going to help this rotation that we just didn't have last year once Glasnow went down. And we they really could have used it in the playoffs. So I like yeah, it. I think they, they missed that veteran leadership just in the clubhouse and also in the rotation when they lost. Um, what's his face to the Braves? Um, oh, my God. Refresh my memory. Charlie Morton. Charlie Morton. Uh, but at the same time, like, I don't just I just don't know if he can stay healthy, dude. He's not shown that the past two seasons, three seasons. I you're right though, it is a one year deal. It just I I don't know, maybe it's middle of the pack. It didn't I'm not saying it's bad, it was definitely I wasn't sold on it. I don't know. So there's one deal, and this should have been A's news that we didn't get a chance to talk about. Oh my god. Okay, let's let's get this quick. I'm getting super fucking tired. Yeah, me too. Uh the A's signed a Taiwanese prospect. I don't know if you read about this. Oh, I thought did you were do the Garo one. No. The which one? The okay. Garo, yeah, the cool. Garo Great one. job. Uh Chen Zhong Yao Zhong. Probably butchering his name. Taiwanese pitcher, uh right hander, <laughs> and bless you. It sounds like he's they hear what I'm hearing from him is like he's going to be pretty comparable if he can make it to the majors to like a Sean Mania type guy where he's not going to have overwhelming stuff, but he's going to have things that'll work really well in the Coliseum. Yeah, we'll see if we see him, but um, that's like a deal that they haven't done much, but I think that's a nice one. Pretty it's much since since uh Cespedes, every time they sign like a international guy like one of these international guys to like these big like 
these important contracts where it's like, oh, this guy's like, you know, like he's gonna, he's like a, a big star. He's gonna like a big prospect. Um, every time they've done that since then, it's kind of been a miss. Like, remember that shortstop that they got from Japan? I forgot his name. Um, and he ended up like not even making the team. Um, in 2013, like, and it was a big deal because remember in 2012 they didn't have a shortstop. Like Cliff Pennington was our shortstop, and Stephen Drew was our shortstop or something like that. Um, oh my god. Yeah, and remember, I think in his press conference he said, like, the smooth, sexy swab of Billy Bean was what got me to sign with the A's. Anyway, that guy didn't pan out. Like, there's been a few guys like that, so I don't really get my hopes up too much for for those those dudes anymore because, you know, yeah. Hiroki Nakajima. Nakajima, that's his name. That was a bust. Yeah, he, uh, he signed a two-year $6.35 million deal. Yeah. And... Yeah, just he didn't even make out. he didn't even make the team in spring training. It was insane. Dude, he was an eight time all star in Japan. And there was like this massive like press conference and everything. It was a total bummer. Yeah, anyway. I know I, I now that you said the oh yeah. the smooth sexiness of Billy Bean, I'm like, yeah. yep, I remember that. Yeah. All right. Red flag. No. All right, Chris. That's gonna do it for this pod. Um when there's more news to be newsable, we'll we'll um we'll hop on and we'll do another one. Um and we'll announce it on Twitter. But we don't know because we don't know if there's going to be anything really to talk about, unfortunately. Maybe when they hire a manager, we can talk about it, but it wouldn't be a long one. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure to keep up on Twitter, though. Um, we've been talking a lot about the Warriors because, hey. Yeah. Best team in basketball, baby. Yeah. They're back. Yeah, it's fun. Tweeting. Warriors Twitter is always a good time. And we know a lot of you guys are Warriors fans, so, yeah. One for one. There one go. for one. All right. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you again soon. Um, last but not least, Julio. Let's go, Oakland. Happy holidays. Oh, happy holidays. That's a good, good call. I didn't think about that one. Happy holidays, everybody. Sweet. The Town Tailgate is an independently produced podcast. It is written and executive produced by this guy. Chris Madrigal, <laughs> and my partner in crime, Julio Reynoso. It is sound mixed and edited by yours truly. Social media management and marketing is run by, once again, my partner, Julio Reynoso. And a special thanks and shout out to my brother, Larry Madrigal, for composing and producing our theme song, as well as graphic designing our album cover and artwork. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Please tune in next week. Please subscribe. And last but not least, as we always say, let's go Oakland.